Hey, are you ready? Welcome to the St. Michael Podcast. Yeah. What's up? What is going on? How are you? How are you doing? How do you feel? I feel great. Welcome to the St. Michael Podcast, one man's attempt at business, family, and comedy. I am your host, Michael Agbajan. And why is this such a special episode? Just just take a guess. Why is this such a special ep- episode? I'm going to let you guess. I'm going to give you a few seconds to guess. Yes. That's exactly why it's a, a special episode, because episode number 25. We made it to 25. Let's go. 25 episodes. Thank you. I look, I appreciate it. I thank you. Thank you so much. All right, let's stop clapping. All right, I get it. I get it. I get it. 25 episodes. That is a big deal. And I could have done it without you. And I'm so glad we're here together because there's so much that we got to catch up on. Because that's what we do here catch up on what's going down, you know? Because uh, it's an entrepreneur's world right now. A lot of things are going on. And uh, recently, I just uh, got back from the dentist. And uh, uh, it was A1. It was an A1 visit. Why? No cavities. No cavities. You know, my six-month cleaning. And, you know, when the doctor was uh, cleaning my teeth, he was like, Michael, it's, it's, I'm having trouble. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm having trouble finding tartar. I'm like, I don't know. He says, I am impressed with your hygiene. I said, hey. You know, he said, you must be flossing. And I looked at him right in the eye and I said, every day every night i'm still flossing so if you don't want to um get any um bad news from the dentist you gotta you gotta make sure you're flossing you know and i stay flossing all day all night and um the doctor was uh he was proud of me he was proud of me but the crazy part he was wearing all this super protective gear you know glove but then gloves long you know he had these eyewear then he had a you know facial mask on then he had the N95. Then he had like a gas mask over that. And I was like, wow, you are really protected. And he said, yeah. And at first, you know, it was really hard to breathe. And I was having really real big issues breathing. But it's crazy how the body adjusts to these type of masks. Because he said before, if you ask him to hold his breath for 30 seconds, he says he'll have like issues. He says now he can hold his breath for about three to four minutes. And he says like it, it, it just created new ways for him to like, you know, breathe oxygen. He's like, you know, he, he's adjusted well to it. But then I was like, so did like, did you, do you know anybody who got COVID-19? He said, yeah, I know nine people. I said nine. He said, yeah. He said, uh, none of them, you know, uh, died, but one of them became paralyzed because of it. I was like paralyzed. He said, yeah, she's a obese woman. And, um, she, you know, didn't really take care of her health like that but you know he he assumes that she had a stroke and somewhere within that stroke it created some type of um like a spinal issue and she ended up becoming like paralyzed so right now she's like in in a wheelchair going through like uh, therapy and it's just crazy i was like wow he said yeah this thing is real you know he knows you know quite a few people who have been diagnosed with it only you know um only one who like severely went down because of he said like of of the nine like six of them were like hospitalized that he knows 
I was just like, wow, this thing is real. So he he looks at it very seriously, and the numbers are going up. As you probably already know, the numbers are going up, and um, it's um it's bother it's very bothersome because people are blaming governors and situations like Governor Abbott. They're blaming him. Even had a hashtag like F Governor Abbott or something like that because I feel like he's opening uh, the his the phase that he's opening Texas back up uh, was too fast and too soon. So uh, he's gotten a lot of backlash for that. But, you know, uh, right now they have like 125 uh, vaccines that are being uh, created worldwide right now. And uh, some of them are already going through trial. So there's already a, so there's 125 vaccines that are currently about to be on trial for for use worldwide for this coronavirus. And they're already trying it out in Africa. What's up with that? You know, that's a, that's a, it's a little bothersome that they're uh, doing all these clinical trials in Africa. Well, they, it's going to happen in Johannesburg and South Africa. They're doing all these clinical trials. You know, right now, Africa is a huge continent, you know, billions of people. And, you know, 385,000 people got COVID-19 over there. And uh, it's going up in certain places, certain, you know, certain uh, countries. But... You know, in South Africa, they're instituting this with like black people. And I don't know, it just I, I feel odd about it. I feel like why are they using, you know, why are they going there to use these people um, as almost like guinea pigs in a way? Because they're not doing these trials like because if you're talking about 385,000 people have it in Africa and then you look at, you know, North America, and you look at U.S. like we got over two million people who got it here. So they're not doing clinical trials here. I don't know. Suspect. Yeah. Um, a lot of things are happening in Africa right now. And uh, one being a hush puppy. <laughs> if you're not familiar with hush puppy, hush puppy is a, an Instagram star. He is um, this Nigerian who lives this lavish lifestyle. When I say lavish, I'm talking about... He has Gucci, Fendi, um, Versace, making him custom cakes for his birthday. You know, they're, make, they're making him custom cuts for, uh, you know, they're, they're ready to wear, going to his, to his room. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm talking about, he has so, like, he flaunted so much money. It was, it was, it was crazy. And the reason I bring up this hush puppy is because um, he just just got arrested in Dubai um, for uh, fraud of 500, about like, yeah, close to $500 million. He defrauded 1.9 million people for $500 million. Whoo, Yahoo boy. <laughs> hey, chai. Yahoo boy. Man, this is crazy. Because, you know, when you look at, you know, Hush Puppy, you're like, man, Look at that lifestyle. And something, look, I said it from the beginning because people said, what do you think Hush Puppy does? He scams. What you talking about? He don't work. Like, he has all that money, but he don't work. So something it, like behind, deep inside was like, maybe, like maybe he comes from like money. Like maybe he has like a rich family or something like that because he doesn't work at all as Ferraris, Rolls Royce, uh, Rolexes, um, he, you know, he's over here eating with next to Salt Bay. 
uh, traveling. You know, when you go to parties and someone just got married, he went to a, a, a wedding and he's like spraying them. And spraying is when you just hit him with money on top. If you didn't, you know, if not familiar with the Nigerian culture and he's spraying up hundred dollar bills and you look on the ground, it's just piles of hundred dollar bills. And I'm like, what is, where's this money coming from? Is that fake money? Is that real money? It's like, nah, that's real. I said, what? How? You know, so um, they got him in his Dubai hotel. You know, he was staying in a seven star hotel, the only seven star hotel in the world. And uh, they got him two weeks ago. But then I guess Dubai released this kind of like movie trailer, Operation Fox Hunt. And uh, they got him. And his friend, yeah, I guess, you know, there was a bunch of people that were like in this whole ring. They got his laptops, they got flash drives, they got um, um, a lot of different things, you know. And uh, it's crazy at the amount of like how he flops because he's a loud boy. This guy was loud. When I say loud, he would show off all his money and he would flaunt it. And make people feel bad for it. even his last post. Like his last post was even uh, crazy. Let me see if I could post it. There's a person. Uh, let me see. His last post was. Um, it said. Uh, and this was. Let me see when this was. I'm not sure if it still the date. But three weeks ago, he got a brand new Rolls Royce um, uh, SUV. And his post was, may success and prosperity not be a once upon a time story in your life. Thank you, Lord, for the many blessings in my life. Continue to shame those waiting for me to be shamed. Whoo. This guy. Yeah, that's sad. And he used, see what happens when you speak the, um, the Lord's name in vain? Yeah, talk about karma. A whole cup of karma is what this boy's about to get. He's on the way to go get... Um, is it's gonna be orange is new black for this this guy, you know. I wonder if he could have um, uh, an orange Gucci jumpsuit in jail, because uh, this was huge. He's the ultimate Yahoo boy, and Yahoo Yahoo boy is a is a basically a scammer, and yeah, it didn't really make sense, you know. So and everyone, you know, like if you if you went to his page, it's like um, his Hush Puppy's page is like H U S H P U P P I. And, you know, if you look at his Instagram and, you know, you're going to see like how this guy lives. Just just check it out. If you see how this guy lives, it's crazy. I'm talking about custom everything, Gucci, Louis, uh, suitcases, private planes. He lived the life and he did it all while scamming people. Yeah. And it's sad because there's real victims out there, which it sucks for them. You know, um, hope they get restitution based on what happened. And uh, one person got scammed, you know, for 20 million Naira. That he like he was so shocked by it that he had a heart attack. And then his uh, his health started to deteriorate and then he ended up dying. You know, so uh, these have real life consequences to fraud. So um, I hope they make things whole. Uh, they're able to get like um, a quarter of the, you know, the money back you know, from all that he has, but, um, it's crazy. It's crazy that people leave because, you know, um, things are happening over here. Cause it's, you know, in, okay. I told you in the last podcast about Chris D'Elia. Chris D'Elia has been accused, has several in, uh, accusations now of dealing with underage girls. And some of these people have provided receipts 
And, and I don't know how hard it was for somebody, cause some of these people were holding it in. These girls been holding it in for like four years and to see someone that, you know, like, cause behind the scenes, like, you know, he was trying to treat these girls like assholes. You know what I mean? Like he was being like, he would, what he would want is that, you know, um, uh, okay, this is how he would communicate with them, whether through email, Facebook or whatever. And Chris D'Elia would contact these younger girls and then he'll kind of like want to like guarantee sex before like they even meet, you know? So like some of the, look, he, he tried it on some people and the people that it didn't work with are the ones who came out, but I can imagine the people that it worked with. And I, and I, he hasn't said a word since it's been about two weeks. He's been completely silent. They dropped him from CAA. So he has like no more representation. And, um, like, I don't know. He has a podcast that comes out every week and this is just bad for everybody. You know, his career, I, I, I can pretty much say is done. And it's sad because, you know, um, uh, the victims that had to hold this in and, you know, I, I, I stand with them because, you know, there, there are situations where, you know, based on a person's power, you can't really say anything because you feel that, you know, like you might be the only one and one was going to, everyone's going to say like, it's not, it's on you. You put yourself in that position, but, um, she was courageous enough to come out and say something. And then other girls came out and then now he's been silent. And the people that have left this guy, Crystalia behind, it kind of makes you question like what really like was going down because all his friends, like real, they say they're his real, real friends are saying that they didn't know anything. And some of it's hard to believe, you know, it's like one person that, that surprised me that left his side, you know, is um, Matt D'Elia, his brother. His brother made a statement talking about, thank you, everyone. I'm glad you're able to separate me from my brother and see me as my own identity. And, it, you know, so he didn't come to his defense. Then Brenda Schaub, you know, he uh, he uh, he erased uh 70 pictures with him and Chris D'Elia on his Instagram, like deleted, you know, uh, Whitney Cummings unfollowed him and like stopped, you know, like, uh, condemned what he was doing or whatever the accusations were. Um, Theo Vaughn is, you know, his, his words was like, I hope he gets the help that he needs. Same thing with, um, uh, what's a tiger belly guy. Well, how'd I forget? Uh, Bobby Lee, you know, and Bobby and, uh, and Centino, they were like, yeah, like, I just hope he gets help or speechless. You've been losing sleep. But uh, no one, not one of, you know, his so-called friends came to his defense, which is, is like, to me, is damning. When no one comes to defense, you know, when, when, if, you, if it was like completely like far-fetched, someone would be like, that's how, that's not his character. How? What, what? I don't get it. How is this even possible? But no one came like that. No, everyone was like, man, just so disappointed. I'm sad. I'm angry. I hope he gets the help he needs. Uh, but everyone kind of left his side and he's kind of in this alone. So yeah, he's going to lose, you know, his, and he's all comedy. Like, so he, like he had notes from what I seen. He didn't have any other particular talents that he tried to nurture and grow or diversify in. It seemed like he was all in on comedy and his, you know, his dad's like this big director in, in LA. And it's crazy that you got your own family separating themselves from you and your incidents. You know, so uh, it's just really uh, shocking to see, like, what happens when you when you out there ain't when you out there behind the scenes ain't doing good. You know, and look, no one should cast a stone because we all sin. But you know, I 
this is how I think of life is that go about life like you're being recorded. Go about life like you're like like there's a video camera on you at all times, you know, because some people just feel like no one's looking. That's 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 always what it is. Like, no, no one's seeing what I'm doing. But if you go through life like you're being recorded or that you're constantly being videotaped, then you'll kind of change your actions to kind of do the right things, even when no one's looking. Because that's that's if you really want to break down what integrity is, that's doing the right thing when no one's looking. And uh, that's important. And it's and it's it's not easy. But um, in this case with um, Crystalia, mm, shocking with Hosh Poppy, shocking, really sad, you know, um, but on to other things that are happening out there that are it's kind of messed up is uh okay if y'all don't know that a lot of these companies are trying to stop this whole facial recognition technology um that's happening out there because apparently you can't really tell the difference between black people and it's you know like the facial ai recognition you know they use it a lot in china but i guess here where it's really diverse it's really biased you know um against like black people where you just can't tell and there is like a situation that happened recently where a guy was brought into jail for a crime that he didn't do. It's a guy named Mr. Williams. It was in um, Michigan. And, you know, he's in his office. So he's chilling in his office. And then he gets a call um, into his office. And it says, hey, this is the police department. We need you to come in to, to be arrested. <laughs> he said, what is this? It's a prank? You know? So he's like, oh, okay. And he hung up. And, you know, so he leaves his office. And he's like, a, he's in a, um, an automotive supply company. So he leaves his office to get home. So he pulls into his driveway. His, you know, his wife and his daughter are there. And then um, uh, as he's getting out, the, you know, as he's parking into the driveway, uh, two cars pull up behind him, blocking him off. So he looks behind and it's the police, you know, um, officers. And, you know, they walk up to him and he says, what's going on? And he's, he's handing him a piece of paper and they say felony warrant for larceny. And they started, you know, arresting him he's like what do you mean failing the warrant for larceny he's like you know uh, you're under arrest and they started handcuffing him on his front lawn in front of his daughter and his wife and when his wife came outside like she was confused she's like hold on what's going on where y'all taking him and then the 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 officer looked at her and said google it (laughs) google it and they brought him into the car brought him into um, custody fingerprinted him took his blood uh, took a mugshot and then they sat him in there and they're like, all right, they had him in there for several hours. And they said, like, I think the store, um, uh, Shinola, Shinola is like a boutique out there in Detroit where, you know, they sell high end goods, leather goods and watches and things like that. But apparently some some guy came in there with a Cardinals hat, you know, um, in 2018 and came in and, and um, uh, took you know, three watches that were up to like, yeah, about $4,000. So they're saying like, you know, you did, you know, when's the last time you visited Shinola or okay, you went into Shinola? He says, well, me and my wife went there when they first opened and, you know, they're like, oh, okay. Um, and they opened in 2014. So yeah, we went there the first time in 2014, but haven't been there since. And then they said, uh, they handed him a piece of paper and it was a guy with the Cardinals hat who's at the little watch place and he looks at it and it's a heavy set guy. And the guy that they brought in, Mr. Williams is heavy set too. So, um, you know, he looks at it. He already knew he's like, what is this? And then they zoomed into the face and they brought it to him and say, look, you know, that's you. 
And he said, he brought the paper and put it next to his face. He says, look, that ain't me. Y'all must think all black people look alike. And the only thing they had similar was that they were both heavyset. But other than that, basically completely different. It was a completely wrong person. They ended up letting them go. But that was literally what he didn't know. What Mr. Williams didn't know was that he was the first example that uh, of poor policing and flawed technology. He was, a, he was the first example of those two things coming together at the same time because um, he ended up going into custody, you know, for wrongful conviction based on technology. So that's why a lot of these other companies are like backtracking and walking back their technology as far as trying to um, to get into like facial recognition, you know? So uh, that's shocking that this is happening, but they said it, does, it definitely has a bias because they don't really know how to like, you know, I guess picture black faces. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy that the technology they make is also racist. <laughs> that is a wild uh, man. But, uh, and on other things about, uh, another situation that's happening is that I know you see all these companies going bankrupt, steel companies going bankrupt, you know, check your cheese, file for bankruptcy, GNC, file for bankruptcy, you know, Sears, They've been filed for, they keep filing for bankruptcy. And what do these companies all have in common? They, what they all have in common is that they have all this debt. When people say, yeah, you know, you know, you gotta get, get, get a, uh, a good credit score and you know, you wanna make sure that you get credit. First off, credit ain't good for nobody. Cash is king. You know, uh, investments, that's where you wanna go. But just having a bunch of debt, like, the reason, look, all these companies that are so big, like, see, GNC, $19 billion in debt, $19 billion in debt. And, you know, they have a, just a couple of months of just poor performance and they're done for, filing for bankruptcy. And while they're filing for bankruptcy, a lot of these places are paying out these executives, you know, millions of dollars in bonuses. How does that work? You know? Because the American work, worker is suffering. If you really want to break it down, in 1982, um, a slaughterhouse worker would make, on average, uh, at least if you break it down to like 1982 to what the income they made then to what it is now. So then it's equivalent to making $24, $24 an hour now, which is about $50,000 a year, right? And this is given for inflation over the, you know, the years as well. But... Currently, we're producing more meat and processing more meat, and these workers are making $14 an hour, whereas in 1982, they were making equivalent to uh, $24 an hour. And so they're making way less money, and the reason why is that a lot of these companies are, are pulling in a lot of debt, you know, because it's easier to be big and, you know, and, um, and bossy whenever you have all this debt that can help you kind of pay monthly on things that you really couldn't afford in the first place. And a lot of things that they're paying, paying out for are these guarantees to these executives to pay out huge incomes and these huge incomes that they're paying out. Cause look, it's went up like 4,000%, the amount they've been paying CEOs and board members over these years. And that's what it is, you know, is to pump up, just try to make the company as big as possible, take all the profit that you can funnel it up to the top, skim off the worker and what are they going to say if everyone's in on it? 
You know, if everyone's in on the same game where they're like, all right, you know, we got to get top tier talent, top tier CEOs, top tier CFOs, you know, the best board, uh, we're going to have to pay out. And if everyone else is paying out way more than, you know, they, they used to, then you have to play that game. And the, the people who lose in this are American workers, because right now, the fact that workers are, A, our minimum wage is still seven twenty five dollars an hour, whew, which is not a living wage. $15, is, $15 an hour is hardly living wage. And um, see, all this goes to show, like, that's why I pay my guys so well. I pay my guys so well, so therefore, they can have, A, 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 a living income, but then also, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not here to get rich off them. You know, this is, we're partners in this whole deal. Like that's how it should be. Any employee that you have should be partnered with the company. So therefore there's a, uh, they have just as much skin in the game as, um, as the people at the top. That's how it works. That's how you balance it out. But while I'm talking about all these little Workers that are having issues, hey, I'm having my own issues because um, I got one of my employees who uh, who's fucking with the trust right now. And that's one thing I say, don't fuck with the trust. Because once you, once you mess with the trust, whoo, in anything, in any relationship, any business relationship, um, your romantic relationship, whatever it is, once you mess with the trust, oh man, it's all over. Because I have a particular employee who, you know, wants to make more money. Okay, this is a fact. We all want to make more money. But then when you ask him to do more work, he complains. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> because I want to know, how is it that you always have complaints and issues when it comes to wanting more? And then when you give him more, there's a reason why he can't do it or a reason why it's like hard for him. There's one customer that he went to. It was a pastor out there in Duncanville and this pastor is a super great client. He was feeding a lot of families and I was like, I want to take care of this guy. So sent him out there. We're taking really good care of him. He had four cars and he threw in a fifth one. He said, I want to do a fifth one. You know, and then he calls me and he says, Hey, um, uh, the guy wants to do a fifth car. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, okay, I already packed my stuff up. I was, I was going to end up leaving. I was like, we well, want to reschedule and do another day or something for that. You're already there. And he's like, I mean, I'll do it. I was like, uh, okay. He's like, yeah, I'm not really like jazzed about it, but you know, okay. I was like, okay. I mean, are you, are you good? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it. And you know, he gets, you know, upset at the fact that if you want more, you, you're going to have to do more. And I, and I say it sometimes as a joke to my wife. It's like, some people want a job, but don't want to work. They just want the job, you know? So that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works in any sense. But you know, he's fucking with the trust because the, honestly, if you, and here's the even worse part. That's why I said he's, he's messing with it is because his work has been deteriorating over the last few, like, mm, let's say the last two and a half months and three months. And, you know, you can't just give someone a talking to when their work, you know, is the same and it continues like going down. And again, that's a failure on me to make sure that a, he's properly trained and that we have the proper system to kind of catch it before it gets to a level where his performance is so bad, you know? And, you know, when someone's so stressed and going through all these things and their life is hard and, oh man, is, why is my life so hard? It's hard to give, it's hard to be honest to a person like that. It's hard to be honest. So it was almost like I sent him out to a job and I just have to cross my fingers 
I just hope, like, I hope it goes well. Like, I hope, like, he doesn't, like, I get no complaints or there's no issues. And then when I follow up with the, with the clients and the customers, like, uh, you know, he didn't really get the dash very well and the cup holders. And then again, these are things I already like talk to him and we, and we like specify on what the customers are looking for. And yet they continue to be missed. And how can I get you more work and get you, you know, more customers if you don't take care of the customers? That's our hundred percent. That's all you got to do. Take care of the customers. They'll take care of you. But and then it's not to even make it. It's not to even have it where the customer gets to their, their vehicle or to whatever service that you're getting, whatever you're doing. You, the customer doesn't need to be, oh, this is, you did a good job. Cool. You did a good job. A customer, when they come, they need to be blown away. Wow. That's what you need. Wow. Wow. That's what you need as a result of the work that you do. You know, people aren't like, wow, that's great. Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. If they aren't doing that, you're not doing enough because it has to be where people get more than what they are paying for. That's the only way people feel good about what they buy is that they really feel that they're getting good value out of it. And to give them equal or lesser is not that. So the fact that I've already had certain members um, quit because they're like, mm, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, you know, and I look at who they had and I'm seeing that it's repetitive with the same person. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have to do this. But my strategy, because it always ends up being where when I have to want to do these honest talks with people that, you know, they always want to end up fighting or getting violent <laughs> or quitting because, you know, giving someone honest feedback from customers when they aren't there, uh, when the customers aren't there is super difficult because they just feel that the customer's super picky. They want everything to be perfect, you know, but it's not that. So I might have to have a talk with them, but the way I'm doing this is a little bit different. I'm not going to say, hey, we've been getting complaints or, hey, your work is this or that. It's going to be that, you know, hey, we, we're going to have to have our yearly training or six month training or whatever the month bracket is. We're going to have that retraining where we're going to talk about the things that are detailed um, into the services of what he's doing. So almost just like a mandatory ret retraining. So not even bringing up all the issues and everything like that. It's holding him accountable from that new retraining of what's going to happen going forward is to say that, okay, with this package, this is what customers are looking for. So therefore he's like, Oh, get it, Mike. Okay, cool. We've got to make sure this, this, that on this package. So it was almost like an update and a refresher on all the packages and everything that we uh, that we do to satisfy these customers, because uh, this ain't no game. This ain't no game. You know, this is, this is not a game and this is real life. And I want to make sure that, you know, that, I don't take any of these, you know, these this customer feedback personally, because I don't, you know, when they give me feedback, especially negative feedback, it is the best. And I use that feedback to improve what I do. And that's why um, that's why I feel like is, is the key to success here. But there's a lot of other things happening. You know, um, if I know if you if you haven't invested in Spotify yet, you know, uh, there's more things that are coming through Spotify. They're really focusing heavy in this um, podcasting area because they now they have a new Kim K podcast coming out. She's talking about criminal justice. So they signed her. So again, they already did the hundred million plus deal with Joe Rogan. Then they did the one with uh, Kim K that they're signing. And also they're doing like DC comic um, uh, podcasts where they have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman podcast, exclusive podcast. So that's going to be dope. So they're really looking at taking this podcasting to the next level. So 
if you're thinking about doing a podcast, get into it. Let's get it. You know, the community, the community needs to grow bigger and we're all for it. I know a lot of people are focused on, um, on a Forex right now. <laughs> people are trying to get you into Forex trading. Um, give it some time. Don't go into that yet. If you want to focus on anything right now, there's something new. And this is my last thing I'm going to share with you. It's called the bomb strategy, B O M B the bomb strategy. And, um, the bomb strategy is, um, first you budget, right? So that's the first thing that you do. And this is how you maximize yourself. This is how you can take yourself to the next level. You first, you budget. No one likes to budget, but just know where your money's being spent every dollar. So it takes time to do that, but Hey, it's all worth it because the, the five to the, the five hours you do for this in one year to figure out what your budget is, it's going to take you 10 times bigger in the next few next year, especially now with the stock market. Then after you, you know, um, budget, you organize and figure out, okay, where do I spend my money? Organize it all. Right. Then you figure out how you minimize and maximize yourself. So B, uh, budget O organize M maximize and minimize. So you maximize how you make money and, you know, like minimize certain things that you can save on like insurances and things like that. And then last one, you balance. After you balance it all out, you know exactly where to put the surplus, you know, cash into. Put a little extra money into this, a little extra money into that. And right now, the stock market is hot. Stock market is hot. That's how people are making their money right now. And, um, you know, whether you're on the real estate, stock markets, another one that you, this is another gem because, you know, I like putting people on to, to things I know about a little bit earlier. But um, the airlines, when those go down, buy it. Uh, the cruise ships, when those go down, buy it. Because eventually they'll go back up. But right now, super cheap. They're super cheap. And these cruise lines and these, uh, these airlines, like American Airlines, they're not going, going anywhere, you know? So, yeah, this is a great 25th episode. A lot of things that we talked about. So great to catch up with you again. Um, and um, I'm so happy to be here. And I, and I love you. But get, re get ready to enjoy a conversation with me, myself, and Bly. See you later. Peace out. When we like trying to get in the set in the chairs, oh they're like, dang, he knocking her all over, all over. <laughs> dang, he, uh, nah, I was about to say something too extra. Oh, Lord. I know. The people are like, uh-oh. Nah. Uh, how are you? I'm good. How you feel? I feel great. You feel good? I do. Why is that? Is there a special reason? Or there just... is a special reason. <laughs> I've been quarantined. Oh my God. <laughs> you have been. So I have officially been quarantined for two whole weeks. Oh, so it's still going to go the whole two weeks? Mm-hmm. That's like a little vacation. Well, you know what I'm saying. A little pay vacation. God answer my prayers. That, hold on. Like I was saying yesterday that like you want a job but you don't want to work right? exactly <laughs> is that kind of like what's what's going on like so yeah. um so do you want to break down the, like what happened all right so if y'all were listening last week uh on tuesday of last week there was a shooting in the mall and then i went to work wednesday morning and i was just tired mm -hmm. mentally exhausted by the craziness and so where we last left off was, um, you know, there was a shooting. And then once I arrived at work Wednesday morning, I found that I found out that one of our um, one of my coworkers tested positive for the virus, coronavirus. Yeah. 
And that person was there with us um, during the shooting. So when we had to hide out, he was with us. Mm -hmm. So the corporate office uh, for Gucci thought it was best that I quarantine myself for two weeks. Um, So I did the next day I went to go get tested. Um, I just got my results back today, which is like literally a week later. Mm -hmm. And I, I am I was negative. Thank God. Um, so no symptoms. I had zero symptoms. Um, but that doesn't really mean anything. So I report back to work next week. But at first I was upset because I'm like, man, I don't want to be quarantined for two weeks. I don't want to be at home that like, I just got back to work. But then at the same time with the shooting and then with the, um, protesting and with just being quarantined, it was just like so much, you know, it was like overwhelming. It was overwhelming. I was like mentally exhausted. So I thought it was just, you know what? Don't complain. This is a blessing in disguise. Go ahead. Take that two weeks and just like work on yourself. Are you really like uh, using the time to like just chill? Yeah, I've been chilling. You know, I've been hanging out with my best friend. You know what I'm saying? I know we're going back to see the advantage with the quarantine that happened prior to not this current quarantine. Yeah. Is that, you know, we went everywhere together. Yeah, we were talking together, doing everything and. We got super, super duper close. We thought we was already we thought, super close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, so then now that she's back on kind of quarantine, we're kind of going back to that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And it's kind of um, it's refreshing, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to go away soon. I know. So I'm just trying to like soak in every moment with you. Yeah. Because, you know, they say um, like this quarantine is breaking up marriages. Right. Mm-hmm. But then it's also saving a lot of marriages. Why? Why saving? Yeah, because. Uh, a few people I saw, this is on Twitter, posted, mm-hmm. like, quarantine saved my marriage. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is that um, the time that you usually, you know, that you never get mm-hmm. with somebody, mm-hmm. um, they got finally with, with the person that they probably been on the edge with. That makes sense. You know, yeah. and I probably feel like the, the part of it where, you know, someone has your back, mm-hmm. that's the only person you could trust, the only person who, you know, like, you have to kind of, like, be in a bubble with. Right, So right. you're forced to... You're forced to kind of get to know each other a little bit better. But even more is that, you know, I don't think there's ever any time in your life where you're there around each other that long. That, yeah, exactly. Because it's either, you know, one person is working or two, you know, two both, people. Yeah, yeah. Both are working. So it's like it's just kind of like, OK, I'll catch you when I see you. Type yeah, yeah. Situation. You see each other in the morning. Mm-hmm. If if at all. Right. Exactly. You see each other at night after you've gone through a long day of right, whatever you're going right. through. Mm-hmm. But then imagine like you getting a, you know, like two-month vacation i know right you know what i mean mm-hmm. with like whoever you're with so in fact is i think that there's probably equal so when people are like oh man people can come out of this quarantine <laughs> like divorcee like you know they're mm-hmm. talking about all the divorce lawyers like gearing up oh and, my god <laughs> i cannot you know but you know there there is uh i guess the silver lining to it all where you get that time that you never had before yeah you know but you know you got to go back to uh work at some point back to the uh regular program schedule yeah but it's hard it's even harder for me because you know now that you're at home because you know when you were at work and the boys are at school mm-hmm. you know i'm like tripling down right. i'm talking about like on the phones hustling just getting it all together mm-hmm. and then now that you know you're at home mm-hmm. it's almost like i want that particular time off you know, I mean, t- uh, time back to where I don't want to take the time away. You yeah, know what I mean? I so I kind of, I wouldn't say like I'm getting, 
I don't want to say it. Like I feel like it's Getting cheesy. Spoiled? No, lazy. Oh, lazy. Yeah, because yeah. you know I had what I, what it was I was doing. Yeah, back to back, back to back, and then you quarantine, and all of a sudden I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's just sit here and chill. You know what I mean? Let's let's have a good talk. But what's wrong with that though? You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna we're not gonna have this time again. I know, but nothing's wrong with that. I feel like the it's a personal thing where yeah. I feel like okay, economy's opening back up. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's out to, you know, no one's here to save you. Right. You know right. what I mean? So you got to kind of get it, get it out the mud. You know what I mean? Oh and, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I tried to hold my laughter in. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme the other day mm-hmm. where like someone's like recording and someone's like had a ball, mm-hmm. you know, outside the door and they kicked it mm-hmm. and hit the person in the face. Oh no. But the meme said the laugh made it funnier. So when they kicked mm-hmm. and hit him, the person like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, when someone laughs, it does make it funny. That's so funny. But yeah, I, I feel Dang. a little bit lazier mm-hmm. because I know what I need to do. Yeah. But I kind of don't really want to get to it because I'd rather spend the time uh, with you. Aww. I don't want this to get too sappy, though. This, this well, is just... I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I'm loving the sappiness. But I mean, we're still putting in work. You still not as hard as you would like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you're still putting in work. And then. We put up our mailbox. Oh, that was so Finally. incredible. Yeah. Um, okay. Our, our mailbox got hit like two weeks ago. Yeah. Crazy. And, you know, we bought all this stuff to, to put it up, put it together. And then Bly, she was like, oh, you haven't did it yet? Uh, <laughs> I came home from work last week and I'm expecting the mailbox is going to be up and shiny. You know how hard it is to put a mailbox it up is. by yourself? It's, well, not even by yourself. I mean, with both of us, yeah, it was yeah. kind of hard too. It took us like. Well, it had to take two days because we poured concrete and you got to let it sit and all that stuff for a couple of, what, like eight hours or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. So we came back. We had to revisit the yeah. next day. But it, you, we just felt so accomplished. Yeah, like, yeah it feels man. good. I feel like I could have built a house. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, how often can you drive by a house and say, you know what? I put up that mailbox. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> how many people can actually say they put up their own mailbox? From the ground up. From the ground up. Yeah, it's funny because... I, in my imagination, I'm imagining that the neighbor is going to kind of be like, hey, I saw your <laughs> your new mailbox. It's looking good, man. I'm like, hey. Man, it's funny because two of our neighbors came by to just like check on us. Like as we put the mailbox up, they're like, what y'all, what y'all doing over there? Y'all all right? Y'all, y'all, y'all need, need any, any help? help? Yeah. yeah. Hey, y'all like, need no. any help? Y'all need any assistance? They were like, no, we got it. Yeah, and but then, you know, you know, you know mm-hmm. why they're asking. Why? Because, you know. I feel like we look like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, that was true. We got all the wrong tools. We got- no, we didn't have all the wrong tools. <laughs> you are such a perfectionist. I thought I was, but no, when it comes mm-hmm. to like measurements, you have to make you mm-hmm. make sure that it's like, it cannot be slanted, you crooked. It needs to be balanced. So you got all your little balancers and mm-hmm. stuff. So they over here walking by, like they probably see you like balancing stuff. They're like, y'all, y'all all right? Y'all need any help? I'm like, trust me, he got it. I'm just over here just, you know. Making sure nothing falls apart. But it was good because, you know, they they are witness mm-hmm. to to it because um, I must say that I think we do, at least for the time being, have one of the uh, the beastiest um, uh, mailboxes on the block. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, super nice. I you like know, it has, um, uh, what is it, a, a matte mm-hmm. uh, cylinder, what do I you call it? Matte cylinder with a walnut wood. Yes. Walnut stained wood. With a old, what is the what kind of gold? It's old gold. gold. It's old gold. Old gold uh, lettering. Oh, looks good. Looks good. Someone said something the other day that made me think. Like mm. someone said, 
someone said, oh my God, there's a glitch in the matrix. So I was like, we told him all that and said, um, have you ever seen your neighbors like bringing groceries? And they're like, <gasps> everybody has garages though. You think that's what it is? Yeah. Have I, you have you seen your neighbors putting putting groceries? No, because all of our neighbors literally drive into the garage and close the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I do it a lot too, especially when I see my other neighbors outside. And I don't feel like waving. Mm-hmm. I just pull into the garage and I close that door and then I start taking my groceries inside. Okay, so that's not like a uh, who uses their front door anymore when you have a garage? Front door. You can well, open a garage saying, because we have a garage and you know everybody on our street has a garage. Who uses their front door anymore? I mean, well, to get mail. Yeah, to get I mail. Guess. But I'm saying you open your garage, park outside the garage, bring everything in. I did it. We did it yesterday. We had no choice, though. Yeah. We had two cars in the garage. We couldn't <laughs> even drive into the garage even if we wanted to. So they see us. There's no glitch in our matrix. But the funny thing is we went to Sam's, so they probably don't even think we load in groceries. That's Because there's no grocery bags. So they probably just like, oh, they're just bringing in boxes. I probably thought we went to Aldi. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They didn't want to pay for the bags. They probably did think we went to Aldi. Damn. So when do you go back to work? Um, June 30th. So Tuesday, next Tuesday. Are you excited? Are you ready to go back? Or are you kind of... Um, I'm ready to go back. I mean, honestly, I was supposed to call corporate and let them know that my results came in because they were like, okay, well, if they come in negative, then we can go ahead and put you on the schedule. You don't have to be home for two weeks. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want. I want to go back. But now I'm just like... No, I'm not saying nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to report back next Tuesday. I'm going to take these full pay two weeks <laughs> and just chill. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Well, that sounds like a, um, a good plan. Mm-hmm. It's something that uh, uh, it's, I'm going to drop a bomb on you real quick. Oh, what's that? It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember this song? This song right here? Um, I'm not sure if I can even play it because you know how it goes. But, Uh-oh, let's see. you know. Um, you dropped the bomb on me, baby. Okay, you know that song, right? Of course. Okay, Charlie Wilson's in that song. Yes. I mean, Char- Charlie no, Wilson's Charlie- in, in that group. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, it's called The Gap Band. The right? Gap Band? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know that The Gap Band stands for Greenwood, mm-hmm. G, Archer, A, mm-hmm. and uh, Pine Street, P. Okay. And... They're from Tulsa, Oklahoma, the group. Mm. So the song, you dropped the bomb on me. Oh, it's baby. about the Tulsa. Oklahoma, the Tulsa City bombing. What? Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's I a double meeting. I would have never known. I thought they were talking about, like, love. Exactly. And, like, yeah, yeah. What? Isn't that crazy? I had no idea. Talking about, you dropped the bomb. I was like. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, he grew up in that era. Mm-hmm. I was his grandmother actually because it's mm-hmm. 1921 okay and they were talking about how when that Tulsa city bombing happened that the reason why a lot of people didn't know about it at all mm-hmm. is because like if you were if you okay after it all happened mm-hmm. you know just like 300 people that end up dying yeah at least on the black side um they said that if you talk about it they'll find you or everyone had a fear of death based on like talking about it so mm. neither black people nor white people spoke about it mm. you know no one wanted to tell the story because everyone knew that it was that serious of a, of a situation mm-hmm. that if you talked about it that you could end up dying because you know no one wanted you spreading that type of information oh wow because you know I mean? they already which i learned more about it they already had beef you know this is again according to even charlie wilson was talking about this mm-hmm. like you know the, you know the whole story how it goes mm-hmm. right yes, and yes. so they 
you know, with that particular Greenwood and all that area, they already had, oh, Tulsa at least, mm -hmm. they already had beef with, you know, the black community because a lot of them were millionaires and like having own bus companies and own companies, you know, and businesses mm -hmm. that the black people were starting to just to work for them. Mm, to work and, for their own people. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't like the fact that they were kind of like independent like that. Oh, I see. You know, so mm -hmm. they wanted them to kind of go back to what they were doing. But now like black people, black people are finding jobs in their own communities. Right. And doing right. that. So like whenever that situation happened, which what he was saying, he said that, you know, um, the, the, the girl and the guy, you know, white girl and the black the guy. Elevator. Yeah. Were, they were dating. But then whenever the elevator came down to the bottom, there's a, like uh, one or two white people that saw them. Mm. And she's like, you know, and it's one of those things like you're not even supposed to be with this person. Right. Right. So she came out screaming, you know, and then that's when that whole situation happened. But how do they know that they were dating? That's according to him. And his, uh, his grandmother said that they were mm. dating and it was like frowned upon. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's true we or not, to, but we the gotta elevator, fact check that. You got to fact check it, yeah. yeah. But the, at least the, the the facts are that he, you know, was an elevator, right, right. And um, you know, because uh, I wonder if we should even tell the story, the whole the whole thing. Well, no, I mean, so oh, go should, ahead. I mean, people, people can figure it out. Yeah, as far yeah. As the Tulsa City bombing that happened in 1921. Yeah. And you know, his grandmother Charlie Wilson, if you know, he's a great singer. He um. Uh, or musician mm -hmm. uh, his grandmother or great-grandmother you know was lived through that time and she was talking about how you don't tell the story don't talk about it in the way that he could express himself based on that particular story and how it affected him and his background yeah is that they named you know the group the gap wow you know what i mean greenwood archer pine street so those were like the main three streets yeah main the... three streets oh, wow. of the of the um uh, the community or... yeah, yeah yeah and then you dropped the bomb on me. Oh my goodness. That's super. That's crazy. That's crazy. I would have never, ever guessed that if you would have said, hey, can you guess this? I would have been like, mm -mm. Yeah, but it's such a beautiful way of That's communicating. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or expressing yourself. You right, know? exactly. You know, uh, Bill Burr had this joke in his uh, stand up, uh, Paper Tiger, where mm -hmm. he talked about, remember, you, you remember seeing it? Mm -mm. He talked about how, you know, uh, black people weren't given the same opportunities as white people. Mm hmm. But the thing get, thing about it is that it's kind of good that that happened because look at how good our music is because you have to suffer to have m music this good. Yeah, that's you true. Know? <laughs> yeah. He says, y'all could have built the plane, but your music would have suffered. Oh, my God. You know, um, so it's, it's all, the suffering does create certain levels of music. Just gets you deep. That's true. You know what I mean? Even, even that happened with um, Kanye. Not 808 Heartbreak. Was that the one where he got his heart broken? 808 and Heartbreaks. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't remember. That's like one of my favorite albums. I like them all. Was that my favorite one? No, yours is Twisted Dark. Yeah, Dark Twisted Fan Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Twisted Dark Fantasy. Yeah. One of, yeah. And then, uh, but my other one, the one I thought was like different mm -hmm. was the 808 and Heartbreaks. I can't remember which you one know, was the, that. That's the one where he does. A he lot does, of auto-tune on that one? A lot of auto-tune. Okay, I know which one you're talking about. A lot of harmonizing. Yeah. A lot of kind of like. That's when he's kind of breaking out into like kind of singing a little bit. Yeah, I like that one too. That's around the same era as, you know, um, Lil Wayne was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Lollipop. Oh, yeah. Getting into that whole singing. Every time I think of auto-tune, I just think of T-Pain and dang, I just really miss T-Pain. You know how auto-tune was created? Hmm. You know the uh, engineer from um, Exxon? Mm -hmm. He created that, uh, this like 
pulsing thing. Or mm-hmm. I guess he, he, he created, he invented something that where they could take it to the water and then they could hit a pulse and it kind of like figures out where like the denser areas are to mm-hmm. drill. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. he took that technology. He, and then he left um, Exxon. So when he got older, he, he left and he used to do music mm-hmm. and he did the same thing that the same technology and applied it to something that fixed your pitch as mm-hmm. you're singing mm-hmm. and it fixed your pitch. Oh, wow. That's why it's called auto tune to like, yeah. Automatically auto tune. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so then he created and he said, this is like something unique. Yeah. Right. And then, you know who he gave it to? T-Pain. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> going though. I don't know. Share. Uh, share. Really? I was going to yeah. say Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Gave it to, to her. She mm-hmm. did it. She, like she was, she was the first person to ever use autotune. And then when she came out with it, mm-hmm. worldwide hit. What? In less than a week. It was huge. Was and she already famous? Share. Yeah. Before he gave it to her? Yeah. This was, okay, this was, okay. this was like. 2000 and like two or something like that 2001 but i thought autotune came out before that no nah, maybe not i don't know the person put on autotune to that level was um t-pain yeah you might be thinking the little thing that they put in them out like Whoa, yeah that's what i'm thinking no, that's, that's not autotune that's not autotune oh autotune is you just speaking into the mic and it just fixes your tone to where mm. it creates a balanced tone gotcha gotcha so that's like more electronic the other yeah. one is where you put the air your your mouth through or your right, little right. straw in, yeah, that's like uh, uh, analog way of doing it, mm. you know. Uh, but that auto tune one that he gave to share, I wish I could find the song that he, did. you know, I should look it up. But um, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she went platinum with it in a week, and wow. that's when they knew this was different because yeah. no one heard this type of sound before. And then that's when people started using other people started using it. Lil Wayne started using it. T Pain, mm-hmm. and then T Pain took it to that level. Then he I took a break. I hate that I keep saying I miss him because he's still out there making music. But is he out there making hits though? Damn. See? Yeah. I miss T Pain. That sucks because um T Pain. <sighs> I know it just hurts, right? Yeah. Man, he was making some good music. Did he take a break? Like what That's happened? That's what it is. He you took know, a break. Okay, remember? And then Future came and just swoop. <sighs> yeah, because Future was he was killing it. You know, he uh Tony Montana, that's his first. Oh, I didn't know that was Future. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That was his first. Uh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's Future. Sound like two different people. Yeah, that was his first. Um, yeah. You know, that was his first um, single. Mm. Oh, major single, I think. Yeah. And then that was around the same time. Everyone's kind of battling for that sound. Mm-hmm. And then T-Pain took a break. But see, a lot of artists take breaks. Yeah. Because they feel like, I don't want to overwhelm or get you know, like my audience tired. Nah, we want more. Give yeah. us more. It's, not, it's never enough. Yeah. And um, he took a break and came back. It just never was the same. Yeah. But he tried to come back without the auto tune. No, you can't. He was, you know, in the, to me, he was a little too insecure mm-hmm. because everyone kept clowning him or like making a fact to say like, you can't sing like that because you need auto tune. Yeah. He yeah. let that get into his head. Mm. And then after that, he kept trying to like prove he didn't need it. That He didn't need it. Which he probably doesn't, but it just makes him sound better. Sounds That's good. his sound. His yeah. sound is with auto tune. Yeah. So then when he abandoned the auto tune of what made his sound, yeah, and he tried to use his own sound to try to prove to people, it was kind of like it's you, not the same T Pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is Future part of that whole mumble generation too? Does he mumble? Mumble rap? No. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. But I would. I would. He's definitely not in that mumble rap generation. Okay. But I feel like that kind of like went away. The mumble rap generation? No, not the mumble rap generation, oh. but the, the mumble the mumble rap complaints. Remember, people just said, "Oh, you're a mumble rapper." <laughs> I think that's like older people, like 
our generation and up maybe yeah. well maybe not our, maybe a little bit older than us i feel like they are the ones who do do the complaining i just so happen to be in but a, i don't think they complain about mumble rapping anymore remember that was oh, like oh yeah yeah what i'm saying like two years ago three years ago maybe even more they're mm-hmm. like mumble rap mumble rap you can't even hear what they're saying yeah now you know a lot of those artists where are they mm-hmm. the ones who are rising to the top are like the kendrick lamars and mm-hmm. the jay coles yeah and the um you know anybody who's like big sean right right and they don't mumble at all mm-hmm. you know so i feel like that mumble rapping thing kind of just had took its course had and, its moment yeah and then kind of went away yeah but are you in are you on to any new music you don't listen to me. what i'm on to all the new music oh my god psych <laughs> i asked you i asked you if you um would rather give up music or give up no give up great music Mm-hmm. Or great food, and you said hands down, I would give up great music any day. I you, love. You can, I, li- can you live without music? Um, no, I couldn't live without music. But if I had to make a choice, I would definitely get rid of good music over good food. I love me some good food. Who doesn't like good food? Some people love like. No, they tripping. <laughs> There's no way you would like music over food. Is there anything more important to you than? Really great food? No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you're from New Orleans, so that's a little yeah, bit different. Exactly. Exactly. We're all about I mean, and we're we're all about both. Good music and good food. It goes hand in hand, you know, in mm-hmm. New Orleans. But I mean, the food is what people talk about a little bit more. But yeah, we have great music that comes out of that city too. Yeah, but is it uh because New Orleans has its own cuisine? A, a cuisine. <laughs> Who made the who's what is what is a cuisine? I don't know. Yeah, cause, a delicacy. No, cause I talked. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to um, like uh, your friend's husband mm. from New Orleans. Oh, Corinne and her husband. Oh, why well, I can't remember his name for some strange well, reason. Corinne's husband. Yeah, I was speaking with him, and then he was like, you know, he's super New Orleans. Jason. Jason, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's super New Orleans. He was like, you think about I love about. <laughs> The thing, the thing I love about uh, you always make fun of our accents. New, I New can't Orleans. stand you. These are New Orleans. Is that? <laughs> he said we got our own cuisine. I, Ain't no other place in this country got his own cuisine. I cannot. I hate you so much. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize. I'm like, what's cuisine? He's like, it's cuisine. <laughs> it's food. I can't stand you. But yeah, y'all, um, they got your own thing. We got our own thing, but I like how you just made fun of us real quick. That's true, though. I mean. Yeah, when he gets when he goes to New Orleans, he he just automatically just turns on his fake accent and he pretends that he's from there. <laughs> Jean Vonche Street. And every time he hear, if I tell him, "Oh yeah, that person's from New Orleans," he's like, "Oh, their last name Baptiste." He think everybody from New Orleans' last name is Baptiste. So where we, where we going, Slidells? <laughs> You're like, oh, he got green eyes. Oh, he a Baptiste. <laughs> but it's true though. Not everybody has green eyes and last name is Baptiste from New Orleans. No, when I saw this guy who he uh, okay, when I got someone hit the mobile car, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I had to get it repaired. Yeah, and I got there, and the guy came out. He was like, you know, he had the green eyes. Oh my the god, wave, super wavy hair. Kind of looked like he looked Creole. No, oh. so then. I can't. <laughs> you know he's like setting me up. I was about. To, I was thinking about the joke, and then he was like, he told me his last name, Baptiste. I was like, Baptiste. Oh my god. Baptiste. He was like, you and them, you and them damn Baptiste. This, like that must be the popular. 
Is that like a real popular name? Yeah, last I know name? a few people last name Baptiste. That's like yeah. that's like Indians having the last name Patel. Oh my goodness. Patels? Okay. When I worked at a call center before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what well, well, our goal was to call people mm-hmm. and book these people to come by and like do credit cards or whatever, yeah. right? And if I saw in the list that the last name was Patel, mm-hmm. I knew they had bread. That's so yeah, funny because, well, that's funny because a lot of my clients, not a lot, I have a few clients last name Patel. But one time I, I asked one of the guys, I said, do you, uh, is your family the, the grocery store? I said, there's one by my house. And he's like, no, he was just like, it's a lot of us last name Patel. I didn't know. I thought it was like, you know, uh, like say for instance, if your family opened a restaurant, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking because that last name is so unique. I'm like, oh, that has to be your family mm-hmm. that owns that grocery store. He's like, no, there's a lot of us last name is Patel. I'm like, yeah, but I, I feel like Patel, at least from what I experienced when I was doing the, the mm-hmm. call, Patel was the name that you own the, the corner store or you yeah. own the grocery store or whatever. And it's like, okay, Patel is like, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. Can we set it? Every time I call it Patel, mm-hmm. they would book and mm. I would make my quota off of, so when I, I would always look for those You'll names. You look for that name. Yeah, I was like, Patel. Okay, <laughs> cool. I already know. System. I was like, I know this is going to be easy money. That's so funny. I remember I got fired from that job, though. <laughs> Dang. How long ago was that? That was, um, that was like 2007. So that was right after college? Mm-hmm. Wow. Man, I got so embarrassed the way I got fired. You don't have to tell the viewers if you don't want to. I can. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would. Yeah. Um, okay. You have to do. The, the phone calls, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, like, you know, you have to, like, you're recorded. Yeah. So on one of the calls, the person was like, um, uh, oh, you have to talk to the owner. Mm. So you so when you say, hey, can I speak to the owner? It's like, yeah, okay, how can I help you? I'm the owner. It's like, okay, cool. So that's the first point, part. You only book with the owner to say, okay, we're going to come by at this time and this mm-hmm. and that, and we'll come by and see what kind of credit card rates work for you. Okay. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you you ha- to book when you book the appointment. It doesn't matter if they close or not. If you book the appointment, that's where you get your bread. Mm. That's where you make like your money. Commission? Yeah, the okay. commission. Mm-hmm. So uh, the time that I call somebody, I need only one more. Mm-hmm. And I call a guy, and I was like, "Hey, um, I need to speak with the owner." He says, um, "I'm not, you know, uh, I'm the owner's son. I mean, I, you can speak with me." I was like, um, "Yeah, actually, I need to speak with the owner actually instead to book an appointment." He's like. I'm kind of like the owner because I'm the owner's son. I oh, was my like, God. So, I was, so blah, I was like, hey, just say you're the owner. Oh, God. And <laughs> the w- phone calls are recorded. Recorded. Oh, my yeah. God. I was like, hey, just say you're the owner when I ask you if you're the owner. And he's like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, um, are, are you the owner? He's like, yes. I was like, okay, so can we book you for this, this, and this, and that, right? So then I came in the next day. And then he's like, "Hey, Mike, let me let me holler at you in the office." I know right? your heart was beating. No, I even had no idea. I forgot what? I even did it. Oh no, <laughs> so I would have known. So he sent me there. He's like, "Hey, Michael, um, uh, I'm sorry. I think we're gonna have to let you go." I was like, mm. "What? What? Hold on. What's going on?" Mm-hmm. This is even more embarrassing than the story. Uh-oh. I was like, "I was like, what? What's going on?" He's like, "Um, you was on a like you were on a call and you told the you told the client." To pretend like he was the owner, I was like, "No, that's not true." He's like, "You you told a you you told uh, a client to pretend that he was the owner, and that you would sign him up, and then you signed him up, and then we ended up finding out that he wasn't the owner, so that ended up being the kickback." So I was like, "No, it didn't happen." He's like, "You want to go to the recording?" I said, oh, go so then I said, "Let's go." He's like, "All right." I was like, "Okay, okay, all right, I did it." Oh my god! And he was a, he was a black guy too. He's like, "Man, why'd you do that? Why'd you have to do that?" 
I was like, man, you know, um, it's kind of like Michael Max. This is where it gets terrible. I was like, it's like Michael Max. He said, <sighs> you know, like sometimes when you're trying to do it, you got to go by any means necessary. And he's like, yeah, but Martin Luther King, he came back with Martin Luther King. Oh, like, God. But you got to do, there's a peaceful way to get about, you know, things that you want. You know, there's other ways, Mike. I was like, yeah, but this, I just had to make it happen. He's like, but you can't do it like that, Mike. He said, but I'm going to have to let you go. Then I got home. And then um, my mom, <laughs> my parents, this is even worse. I'm so embarrassed. Mm. My mom knew someone who worked there, right? She had found out before you even no, got no, home? No, 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 oh, she, no, okay. no. She knew someone who worked there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which I don't think she even liked either way. Because she's yeah. like, oh, my son works the same place as her. Right, right. You know, and then, um, so basically, well, she's like, why are you at home? I was like, you know, today they add, you know they moved the location, and they asked if we want to come, and I said nah. Oh my. Yeah, she's like, what do you mean they moved? That's like, I know. I just came in today, and they said we're gonna move location. They asked who wants to come with us to a new location, and I said I don't want to go. And they said, all right, then you don't have to work here anymore. I was like, all right. And it's like I'm so embarrassed. I know. She's like, they just moved out of nowhere. I'm like, I know. And then she called the woman, and she was like. Junior, they're still there. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, they're still at the same location. You said they moved. I was like, oh, what are you, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. <laughs> so shameful. So embarrassing. Yeah, I know. But, Damn. I mean, but that was a, I felt, I only was there for, I was there for like, had it been like a month. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, I wasn't there for long. You didn't have to put it on your resume. Yeah, like it was, I was there really quick and it wasn't that great of a job. I mean, there's some people who are some like hard hitters, you oh, know, yeah. like you, you've worked in a call center, right? Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, and the people, oop, oop. there's some people like, bling, 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 oh, like just killing it. I'm like, man, what do they do? Yeah, that's crazy. I think I did it for, I lasted for a month, barely. And I left. I didn't even, I quit, but I didn't even tell nobody. Like what do that, you mean? like oh, I you was, just left. Yeah, I just left. Like that Friday, like I left and I just not, I just didn't come back. And uh, it's funny, Corinne, who was just talking about, they're from New Orleans. She and I worked there together, mm-hmm. and I told her, I was like, "Hey, today's my last day." She's like, "For where?" I'm like, "Yeah, girl, I can't do this no more." So we went like shopping on our lunch break, and we went out to eat, and like we took an extra long like lunch. This company didn't care about us, and so um, yeah, that Friday I left, and then like that Monday I went to Greece mm-hmm. for like like almost two weeks or something. Man. Yeah, and I was just like, forget that job, and and she was there for like a year or something like that, a year and a half. You said you felt that that job was um, what was that uh, affirmative oh, action? Uh, yeah, it definitely was. Because <laughs> first of all, we worked in this office with all these cubicles, and these people have been there for years, and it was majority, majority. Why well, can't say the word? Majority. Majority. Mm-hmm. Majority. Majority. No, majority. Majority. <laughs> Caucasian. Yeah. I can't say a word. But anyway, it was mostly <laughs> white people who worked there. And so it was um, me and Corinne who got hired. I ended up meet. I, I met her at that job. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was like only one black person that worked there. So when they hired us, they didn't give us like a desk or a computer or a phone. They didn't even tell us what we were doing. They just hired us and was like, all right, here you go. So we just kind of like sat there mm-hmm. for days. And so the employees felt bad. So they were like, okay, well, we're going to train you guys. So they trained us. But still, we had no, we, mind you, these are cubicles. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting behind a lady who took it upon herself to train me. I'm sitting behind her studying the back of her neck for a whole month. 
Because like literally, you you had no other job but to just kind of sit. Just sit her. there. That's I, that was the only job I had. And then finally, they were like, "Okay, we, well, we got you guys' desk." So I had a desk, and Korea had a desk, but there was like no phone, no computer. It was literally a desk. That's it. So we never sat at the desk because there was nothing to do. So we were there all day, and we did nothing. First of all, we didn't clock in, clock out. Like they just paid us hourly, and we basically got paid to sit there. I lasted a month. I was like, I can't even do this. And she was there for like a year. Is that is that what you would call an uh, an easy job? When I tell you it was too easy. But it was it what see, remember we had this conversation about easy jobs, like this job that you think are easy, but they're yeah. just hard to just if you like think about it, if it's so easy, you're not using your mind at all. No, at all. After a while you're like, I gotta do something else. Yeah. And then I remember being in that building, the uh, Wi-Fi wasn't that great. So we couldn't really be on our phones like that. So it was really like you just basically sitting there. I remember bringing magazines and books to read. I remember like doing my, like mm. painting my nails. You know what I mean? Like it was just that boring. I'm like, I can't, I can't even do this anymore. Like I had to go, I had to peace out. But I felt like they only hired us because they had like a, not a quota. What is it called? Is it a quota? Yeah, a quota. Yeah, they had to like fill a quota and they hired like two black girls. Like a race quota or something yeah, like that. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it reminds me of those jobs that are at, you know, the airport mm-hmm. where they, you know, the security mm-hmm. door where there's only one way. You can't go back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's someone who's sits standing there. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. sit there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, man, how I boring is that? I couldn't do it. Just to sit in that area. You know, they always have like a book. Mm-hmm. And it was like either reading. Yeah. I'm like, man, like. Do they do shift changes? Do they change it? Like, is it the same person know. over and over? Cause I mean, I could see if it's maybe like someone who's retired and they just want to pick up like extra, you know, you know, if you're retired at home and you're just like, you know what? I want to go get a job. I'm bored. I could see you maybe doing that because I feel like you, it's always older people who sit by that door. I could be wrong. Yeah, though. yeah, it could be. I mm-hmm. mean, wouldn't you rather do something though? Like even Me, yeah. I mean, we can't speak for anybody who's old. You know, we're not there yet. Right, right. But I do know that if you're not like even doing something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, the people who do the, the, uh, self-checkout, mm-hmm. at least you're looking around and, mm-hmm. Hey, what's up? Exactly. You know, doing all that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're just sitting there, like doing absolutely yeah, nothing, and just like watching a door or watching a window, I couldn't do it. Yeah. It has to be. That's why I feel like those people who are at those gated communities, mm-hmm. that's why they just harass people. Oh yeah. People. That's all. Yeah. They, they ain't got bored. nothing to do. Yeah. They bring their little small little TV. Yeah. You know, be watching their little movies. And they they put, feed up. You pull out. They're like, what's your name? <laughs> He's like, and they put all this stuff. Hold on. Let me call these. Like, I know. Just let me this. in. What the hell? Man. That's but, so funny. Yeah. So that job uh, didn't last very long for you. Mm-mm. I don't even think it was a whole month. Mm. Yeah. I was done. But see, right after that, um, like this, this is all happening while like um, I'm starting the Water Boys too. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. was like, I remember there was another um job i got after where it was um at a car dealership <laughs> i remember you told me yeah that. and the guy there's a guy named over there now i think his name was cruz he's still there i don't know oh okay I actually look you know one time i was looking through my email to look for him mm-hmm. to like to i'm like because when i say we were cool yeah we were cool i'm talking like nah, even that was that was your, your work friend no this guy took off one day because mm-hmm. on my off day because I went to the Galleria to go, uh, like, pitch and do a demo mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. He left, like, he got off that day. And not got off, but he took off that day. Mm-hmm. Came in as, like, my employee. Had a uniform. Oh, wow. Did the whole thing while I'm, like, so I didn't have any employees at the time, yeah. right? So I'm over here, like, 
I'm talking to like a guy named Ravi who's mm-hmm. at the head of you know property management at Galleria mm-hmm. and he was like okay so how does it work so I'm telling him I was like so you see how blah, 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 and you see how the way he's dressed and this that and he goes around the vehicle and he's just like just doing it like how I showed him and yeah. did all that and he's like then after I was like man bro you did a great job I was like appreciate it so much like, oh man I hope you get it man I was like man he really wow that's super cool really really nice of him. yeah and then he um he was really scared because at that time he was having a child, a baby on the way. Oh, wow. And he's the one who got me scared when we had Idol. Oh, really? Yeah, because he told me, and this always stuck with me. Uh-oh, what did he, he say? He said, man, when we had my baby, you know, people like, it's such a beautiful thing and all that. I was like, yeah. He's like, I was so scared. I was like, why? He said, because I guess when my baby came out, I didn't know this, but like her head came out like, as a cone. Oh, my God. That's what he said. Oh, he's like, I was like, like a cone. So I'm over here like panicking because I'm thinking my my child's deformed. They have a coned head. <laughs> and then like, you know, they end up massaging the head mm-hmm. to like circle it out or whatever. But when I saw the baby come out, I'm like, whoa, look at that. Look at the head. And he said it scared him half to death. So me, I'm preparing to see like a cone shaped head. A cone shaped head. Is that I, why you almost passed out? No. <laughs> if, if Yo, we, he almost fainted with the first one. Ooh. <laughs> It was too he much. He had to sit down. It was like, sir, go sit down. It was too much. And it was a, it was a over, it was, it was an overwhelming experience. It was something that like, uh, it's even hard talking about. I you were, know you about were you. a pro at the second one. Cause I had, I pulled Kenzo out. Yeah, I know. And yeah. you were like a pro. You were kind of standing there. It's still a lot though. It, uh, I, I can't see nothing. I think for the third one, I'm going to be weird and I want a mirror so I can see actual, the actual birth. I don't even know if I should break the details of why I'm so... <laughs> No, okay. they could look. Y'all could look it up. About what that? Yeah. It's so crazy. Don't tell them the embarrassing I, I know, story because you tell it to everybody and it's so embarrassing. We'll share with that with y'all another, another time. time. That, yeah, that's too much for our viewers and listeners. That was, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, childbirth is not a. Um, a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> You know, I thought it would be like musical or just like you watch too many movies. Yeah, for and sure. And they told you that too, because you were like, "Hey, I don't, I don't get no scrubs." You remember? Yeah, you asked yeah. Them for I was scrubs? like, I was like, because oh, you know they came in with scrubs. Like, all right, all right. I was like, "Hey, I don't get these." Like, oh no, we don't do that anymore. I was like, "I don't get gloves." <laughs> They're like, "Sir, you watch too many movies." Yeah, no gloves, no mask. I was like, "All right." And then like oh, you thinking man. like like you know like, holding the hand like come on you do it. He's like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, my God. And then it takes oh so goodness. much longer because you think, huh, huh, push, hush, hush. Yeah. you know, it's going to be like 40, you know, 30, 45 minutes. Right, right. You're there for like six hours. Oh, my God. And you get so tired. I know. Ladies, you're tired. y'all hear this, <laughs> this man complaining, talking about something you're there for hours. First of all, let me tell you, I'm not, we didn't even, I don't even think we were supposed to even talk about this. With the first one, I was having contractions at midnight. We didn't go to the hospital till six that morning. And you talking about you so tired? I know. That my contractions, 10, part, 10 minutes apart for six hours mm-hmm. or seven hours, however many hours that is. And all he could tell me was, come, just come lay down. You, you'll be all right. No, just no, come. I was saying. Because he was so tired. No, no, I wasn't tired. I was scared. Oh, that too. Anti. He wanted me to sleep off my contractions. Yeah, I was like, I was like, she's like, babe, I think, I think, I think I'm having contractions. I was like, no, oh, no, 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 just lay down. <laughs> I said, like, just lay down, drink some water, just lay down, 
breathe because at that time mm-hmm. i was in hustle mode yeah stacking as much bread mm-hmm. you know as i could right, right right and i only had like a week left mm-hmm. so i was like you got to make it to another week you was like just hold him in for one more week yeah because it was almost like i know you were ready but i'm like i don't think i'm ready yet yeah. because like at that time i was like i need to at least have like it was like a few weeks where i'm like i know that when the baby comes, I'm not gonna be able to like work like that, and you know, like let's just take care of the business like that. Right, right. And then I feel like it was gonna take a hit, so yeah. I was like, I, I need to get at least another ec- extra ten Gs, fifteen Gs. I was ooh, ooh, doing all these different type of things, and then whenever I'm halfway there or something like that, you're like, babe, I think I'm half contraction. I was like, just no way, it's <laughs> no way. I, I'm not, I haven't met my goals yet. <laughs> and when it came, you know, he came and. um it was great ever since, you know, but there's, it was still hard though. It was. Speaking of, how was your Father's Day? We, oh, love Father's Day. You had a good Father's yeah, Day? Yeah, love Father's Day. Happy you know? Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Yeah, happy Father's Day. And it, I think also Juneteenth passed too, so. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. happy Juneteenth to everybody. Hello. Who, yeah, and it's crazy. Uh, but Well, let me talk first about the whole Father's Day. Father's Day was great. Mm-hmm. Loved it because got everything I wanted. Not only did I have a beautiful family, that's great, but. Got the shoes I wanted, you know what I'm saying? Got the shirt. Plural. Oh, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Plural. Yeah, and... uh, He's plural, y'all. He's plural. Yeah, 100%. I I really (laughs) enjoyed it. Um, So thank you for helping me. I know the boys aren't here to say... I know. You're welcome, but um, thank you for helping. Of course. You deserve it. You have such a great Father's Day. Good, good. Uh, Juneteenth. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, this is my first year kind of like even celebrating it because yeah. before that, I didn't even think it was a real holiday. Same. I didn't either. You know, people were like, oh, uh, now people want to hop on Juneteenth. I'm like, honestly, I thought Juneteenth was some kind of like screwed up click type. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what it was when it came down because no one ever said what it was. Well, I didn't really see people like. And this is just me. I didn't really see people celebrating it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would see people post it, happy, happy Juneteenth, but I've never seen people like out there barbecuing like Fourth of July. I've never seen like the fireworks. You know I've never seen. You know what, what it's like? What, what it's like? It's like Kwanzaa. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. It's when, celebrated, but it's quiet. Yeah, like no one, like, because you, you said, oh, we're celebrating Christmas. People are like, oh, we celebrate Kwanzaa. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's oh, like, here we go. <laughs> The same thing with Juneteenth. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, you doing Fourth of July? And they're like, oh no, we we're doing Juneteenth. You're not going to the Juneteenth thing. I was like, bro, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was almost one of those like so um, uh, secondary type. It didn't, no one really explained but it. But see, that's all Black holidays. Uh, black History Month is mm-hmm. always like, you know, pushed to the side too. So maybe that's what it is. It's just that it's not recognized as a holiday. Oh, you know, but even even so, I feel like someone should have gave given you the history on it for you to like make yeah. a choice of what you think it is. I mean, I just and learned about it. Like, I just learned yeah. about Juneteenth and what it was literally this year. And I'm like, how is it that I've been hearing about Juneteenth this mm-hmm. long and no one has explained? Exactly. You know, what I mean, we're like, what's Juneteenth? It's like, oh, it's like our celebration for it's like our black yeah. July 4th. That's all you hear. It's like our black July 4th. I'm right, like, right. OK, why? Am I doing a black July 4th? Yeah. Honestly, you know? I didn't know people really celebrated it until we saw um, Black AF. Hashtag mm-hmm. Black AF. And they were barbecuing for that day. And I was just like, I didn't know people actually like celebrated it. I mm-hmm. thought it was more like, oh, happy, you know, Juneteenth. But I didn't know people actually like 
celebrated it like fourth of july so when i saw that i was like oh i didn't i didn't know that yeah i know but nobody told me like my parents didn't educate educate me on that or i don't even think i learned about that in school that that's like an actual holiday i know i didn't really realize that so, so. hopefully everyone enjoyed their juneteenth and mm-hmm. uh, next year we're bringing fireworks we're bringing fireworks to the juneteenth yeah and celebrate black-owned businesses like we were trying to find a place where we can buy food from a black-owned business um but i ended up buying some art from um mallory what's her last name oda lucy mm-hmm. yeah oda lucy and she does amazing um drawings and sketches of this uh, i forgot the girl's name but she drew a picture of her and it's uh it's, it's it just looks like a black queen you know mm-hmm. so i purchased that and you know i thought that was like important to do especially yeah. on that day to support our people yeah but then also in case those who don't know what juneteenth is it is the official date that the last enslaved people mm-hmm. in texas are notified that they were free right right you know because emancipation proclamation was passed in 1865 mm-hmm. and um they were told two years later right you know june 19th mm-hmm. that they are free and that's really because the um uh the i guess the, the southern part texas yeah. wanted to like you know get all their work out first exactly the, the, the last harvest they didn't, like nobody and it, it sucks because the slaves couldn't read mm-hmm. so somebody had to actually go and tell them like hey you guys are free now mm-hmm. like it's crazy illegal to read yeah yes yeah, but you crazy. know even the which i really i learned this recently is that the slave um holders mm-hmm. you know after the emancipation proclamation mm-hmm. because of that uh a lot of them got reparations really yeah because of the lost income uh, oh Lord. yeah for the the value and the amount of slaves that they had or enslaved oh. people like i'm gonna sip my water on that one yeah while you're saying that i got a um, cool word for you mm. um non sequitur what non sequitur non sequitur that's um actually Ooh, um non sequitur is when um someone has like an illogical conclusion or the conclusion or whatever someone's talking about mm-hmm. doesn't coincide with what someone's saying. So if I tell you okay. about, like, if I have an argument mm-hmm. and I'm trying to, like, no, let's say we're arguing about something or discussing something. Yeah. And then I bring up something that has nothing to do with what you just said. <laughs> that that's, sounds like me in every argument. That's non sequitur. <laughs> so that's me. No, it's not you. I do it too. No, I, but I'm no, I'm notorious for doing it yeah. though. I'll be bringing up stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with what yeah. we're arguing about. So. That's non sequitur. Non sequitur. Like, yeah, yeah. It's non sequitur. So, wait, is it a verb? Is it a noun? Or you can use it in both ways in the sentence? I think it's a verb. I think a it's verb? not a verb. It's a, I think it's an adjective or something like that. Okay. I know. I put you on the spot. Yeah, now bad. you put me on the spot. I now know, people be like, oh, this guy don't know nothing. <laughs> you know, but um, a non sequitur is when you have. Um, a non sequitur argument or mm-hmm. non sequitur phrase or anything like that is something that doesn't, um, I think it's a verb. Yeah. That doesn't, uh, coincide with the premise or whatever the original thing mm-hmm. is. So a lot of politicians do it Yeah, whenever they're talking about something. I mean, you ask them something and then mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with what you asked them. Yeah. Non sequitur. You That's know? so funny. So I like pretty, that word. Pretty interesting, right? My favorite word till this date is still, loquacious loquacious is good i love that word like oh boo you so loquacious <laughs> <laughs> even 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 now like when people say hey, i'm a little bit talking to them like yeah yeah you know I, i'm a little loquacious myself you know <laughs> like whoa okay but it's so funny because loquacious is like a 
I wouldn't say a big word, but it's it's kind that's of a beautiful word. Yeah, though. but it it has like a little spiciness yeah, to yeah, it, yeah. you know, and that's why I like it so much. It's like, girl, you're so loquacious. <laughs> <laughs> loquacious remind me of like a fruit or something like that. Like it's juicy. Like it's a that's a juicy word. Loquacious. Yeah, I like that word. That's my the L, favorite. The o, the Q, all that. Everything about it is just curvy. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> wow, this was um, this was um. It was fun. Pretty good. I know. This is great. I, know. I enjoyed it. It was and, good. Um, I, I was wondering where the, I thought you were going to come with balloons and all that for this episode because it's the 25th. It's 25. We made it to 25. Oh my God. It's the 25th episode. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So. This is a party. Either way. Um, appreciate y'all for coming. Of course. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it was. It's always fun. Yeah. And we'll see y'all later. Bye guys. Peace out. First, get their attention. Second, show them something worth their time. And third, make it pop.